Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week, all the way from the Shy Life podcast, Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti himself, is back here on Vision on Sound because, well, he had an idea that he thought I might like to talk about for the show. And knowing as he does that I'm always eager to grab at any such demonstration of enthusiasm from the team, he suggested that I might like to try it out. So basically, Paul asked himself the question about what sort of archive TV he might be able to see if he was up and about and away from home and didn't have his extensive collection of television with him. What kind of programmes, essentially, could he watch on a website like The Tube That Is You that might just scratch that itch when he was far, far away from the shelves of Yeti Towers? Over the course of several evenings, he picked out a few random choices of single stories from four American television series that were popular in the 1960s, and whilst narrowing this down to choices from a single decade might not be quite as completely random as he initially planned, it does give us the opportunity to return to this theme on another occasion by selecting shows from another decade. Anyway, future planning aside, the four very popular and successful series Paul chose were The Invaders, a Quinn Martin production from 1967, which featured Roy Thinnes as architect David Vincent in an era of deep paranoia when you had to have a responsible profession in order not to be a complete aliens are here spouting crackpot, apparently. After that, he ventured into the Wild Wild West featuring Robert Conrad and Ross Martin before taking a voyage to the bottom of the sea with Richard Basehart and David Hedison and ended up being bewitched by Samantha the Urban Witch as played by Elizabeth Montgomery. For the invaders, Paul picked out The Trial from the second season. From the Wild Wild West, he chose The Night of the Simeon Terror from late in the third season and from Voyage, he picked Terror on Dinosaur Island from the second year. Finally, it's a pair of fifth season offerings from Bewitched that he chose in order to keep the running times consistent, the two-part story, Cousin Serena Strikes Again. So if you want to watch the specific shows we're talking about after the programme, at time of recording, Paul found all of these episodes on YouTube. And it's always a joy when I can present a show where my guest has done all of the homework. So without any further hesitation, let's kick up those Fab Radio International time engines and with our pinky fingers extended in a slightly sinister manner, head back into the television of the late 1960s. Hello, Paul. How the heck are you? Oh, I'm not too bad, Martin. How are you doing? Ticking along. Always pleased to hear from you. Now, you have an idea for a show today, so do you want to tell me a little bit about that? It comes from an original idea, which I still like to do, about going through box sets oh, yes. that I've got in my home and just sort of taking, oh, that box set, I watched that episode randomly, mm. I watched that episode. But I never got around to doing it in time. And when I did think about doing it, I wasn't necessarily at home with my mm. collection. So then I thought, what if I did the same thing, but on YouTube? Ah. And I kind of thought, like, if you were away somewhere and you had your computer with you, mm. but you didn't have any of your collection with you, what could you find on YouTube? And I just sort of started randomly trying different seasons. And I know this can change, Mm. you know, from week to week as things get put up and put down Mm. again. 
And as I was doing it, I did it over about four different nights. I kind of came up with a thematic. They're all 60s shows right. that I, I started with. So this may mean that I can do a 70s or an 80s or mm. a 90s version in the future if it, if it works. Yeah. But, uh, so this is a quartet of 60s American yeah. series, yes? Which are, as of the time I'm talking to you, are currently available on YouTube to ah. watch. Not necessarily the whole series. Mm. But the odd one. Certain episodes, mm. yeah. One Sometimes it is more than one. Sometimes mm. it is just one or two. And, and I, the, the ironic thing being, all four series I do have on DVD at home. Mm. But uh, It's nice to give you the excuse to watch these things, though, isn't it? That's that's part of the joy yeah. of it. So, so that's what we're here for. Yeah, I do, do kind of like the idea of, of, yeah, just sort of seeing what was randomly mm. there. Should you suddenly need a, a cult TV fix mm. and you all you have is your computer and, right. and none of your collections? Excellent. So do you want to quickly run us through the four four series that you've selected or chosen to watch should over I those do, four evenings? Should I do four once or should I do one? Well, we'll give, we'll give people a bit of a preview. I think that's the thing. So, oh, okay, so. that's right. we got an episode of The Invaders mm-hmm. from 1967. Wow. We've got an episode of Wild Wild West, right. also from 1967. Wiki Wah Wah. Then we've got an episode of Voyage from the Bottom of the Bottom. Oh. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, also from 1967. Fabulous. And uh, really, I should have gone for the fourth one as being from 1967, Mm. but that's not how it worked out. I've got an episode, well, I've got a two-part episode of, or story, from Bewitched. Wow. From 1969. So I know you're a Bewitched fan, but we'll work our way up to that one, I think. Yeah, three drama series and a comedy. Fabulous. Um, That sounds like our lives, really, doesn't it? Okay. (laughs) So... You're going to kick off with an episode of The Invaders from 1967. Yeah, and this is an episode called The Trial, and it's from the second season. The first season of The Invaders was, uh, I don't know if it replaced something, but it's not a complete run. Because back in those days, as you, you know, a lot of series would have been 24 mm. episodes, sometimes as much as 30. But the first series of The Invaders isn't as long as that. The, the second series is a full-length season, and it does actually begin to, as it gets towards the end of the second series, or somewhere in the middle, it does start to sort of, uh, for those don't know. Invaders is a bit like the fugitive, mm. only with aliens and uh, poor David Vincent. Yeah, it's taking that format of being in a different yeah. town every week and yeah, being up yeah. against local problems and what have you. Yeah. Uh, but the point is that in this one, instead of having somebody who's trying to put you back in prison and send you to death row, mm. this is he's the only person who believes in these aliens who, who mysteriously happily managed to sort of clear up all their ev- evidence at the end of every adventure, every episode. <laughs> yeah. So some, there is never any ongoing ability for him to be believed when he mm. arrives anywhere, is there? Although, because all the aliens all appear to be human, mm. except for a slightly sort of deformed little finger. Mm. But as the second season goes on, you begin they, he begins to collect together... Because, of course, at the end of most episodes, he's perhaps convinced somebody, or somebody has witnessed mm. the, what's been going on. And as the second series goes on, he starts to get more of a following. I think mm. they even have a, a, a slightly organised face. and yeah, a um, collection of disciples almost but yes. they're called the believers yeah. aren't they they're, they're known as yeah. the believers yeah. yes um and although there's no absolute resolution at least you feel that it, it is progressing in mm. the third series it's a shame there never was there was a a 90s sort of reimagining which 
Boytinis returned mm. for just for a cameo, mm. and the guy who was kind of the main character in it was played by and I had his name in my head a minute ago mm. um, from Quantum Leap. Um, oh uh, uh, yes, Scott Bakula. Yeah, and, and uh, in between Quantum Leap and doing Star Trek. So. Mm. Oh right, but, interesting. Uh, I like the Invaders. It, it's it's a Quinn Martin production. I I, I always yeah. mean to one week we really must do a show that's just Quinn Martin productions generally. But Quinn Martin yeah. was one of those producers of television who basically did a lot of series really. But there was well, always that yeah. Quinn Martin production. I mean, he did the Streets of San Francisco later, which is mm. one of my favourites. But uh, the Invaders, Roy Thinnes, like you say, as the lead da- uh, architect, David da- Vincent. David Vincent, mm. and and that's pretty much your only regular mm. uh, until perhaps towards the end. Where uh, we're still at the point in this episode mm. where he's still pretty much alone um, and and the episode I say is called The Trial it's the sixth episode mm. of season two and it's about an old army friend of David Vincent right. called Charlie Gilman he's put on trial for the murder of a man he claims is an alien mm-hmm. but he, he was sort of in the in the pre-title sequence, mm-hmm. they're at a sort of factory, and a fight breaks out. Right. In a sort of in a storeroom, but the storeroom has a big furnace. So David Vincent and, and another member of uh, David Vincent, I say, is, is a friend of mm-hmm. his, um, and David Vincent and like the head of some aspect of the company are talking outside, and they look in the window and they see a fight going on. Right. And then when they finally break into the room, the other man, they see him sort of striking the man. Of course we see him sort of dissolve because he's an alien, but the witness doesn't mm. and presumes that he's gone and chucked the body in the furnace. Ah. Um, but um, Supernatural cannot be accepted as, as a defence in a court of law. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could, I don't know what you think about things set in courtrooms. I mean... Oh, I like a courtroom drama. I mean, yeah. you know, there's some very yeah. good stuff. I mean, I'm a big fan of Perry Mason, stuff like that. I mean, obviously over here we had Crown Court, which I actually yeah. found compelling when I was about sort of 10. It was on mm-hmm. in the daytime yeah. and the school holidays. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, and Rumpole, of course. Mm. I kind of have to be in the right... I have to kind of be in the right mood mm. sometimes for courtroom scenes, but I found... So when I sort of... I didn't find that many episodes of the invaders readily available mm. so i i went for this because i think there was this one or there was one that was right near the end and i thought well i, I do remember towards the end of the season i remember there being an episode that would have worked better as a last episode had they known it was going to be the last episode mm. than the actual last episode that was shown in you know that, mm. that sort of thing often happens and, and mm. obviously well it didn't get renewed they, for a third year did it so no, you, 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 i don't you know are if they knew chugging along yeah. and by the end yeah. of a series sometimes they stop spending money on it as well so yeah. sometimes you i don't get know if they changes. knew in advance that it was ending or whether mm. it was a pre-season thing but anyway in my notes i put lots of good courtroom scenes mm-hmm. more, more interesting than your usual court scenes due to the unusual nature of the story mm. but it's not often that someone's on trial because they may or may not have killed an alien mm. But there's a twist because Charles, David Vincent's friend, mm-hmm. he knew the wife of the the, the alien had a wife. Um, right. He, okay. was pa- he was passing. Uh, he was passing as a. That's a tabloid you know, a headline, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, well, well, he was passing as a normal, hu- you know, normal right, human. Right. Yes. Because mm-hmm. because they're they're not wandering around. Um, no, he wasn't an evil like, invading alien. He just wanted to live a nice life. Well, and, and I'm get, sure he was doing that. He got things, a, they all addicted just... to Coca Cola or something and just decided <laughs> to stay here. I'm sure he was not, but um, <laughs> but you know all the aliens just look like people. Yeah. That's how they're they're in, they're getting into society. Mm. But his wife would appear to have just been a normal woman being mm. married. 
it turns out that Charles was once engaged to her. Mm. So the court's sort of twisting it like, well, you were jealous, you had an argument, mm. there's more to this than... Ah. But, I mean, even David Vincent wonders, you know, did he... Although he says to David he murdered him mm. because he knew he was an alien, mm. it could also look like um, he was jealous or that he was kind of planning to to kill him or, mm. or, or things... Even if he wasn't planning, it was things became unraveled because yeah. he was jealous that that he was married mm. to Janet. I love these shows, though. I love these <laughs> these format shows, really. Because, again, I've been watching The Fugitive, and mm. it's that thing where, basically, you have so many different writers, and they can tell the story they want to tell. All they have to do is frame it in, in the format. So The Invaders, you can pretty much tell any story. As long as David Vincent drives into town and there's something going on, you can yeah. pretty much say, right, I want to write a story about infidelity and or I want yeah. to write a courtroom yeah. drama. And bang, there you are. You've got an episode that's quite different to the previous one and, and next week's. Well, I was getting quite a lot of questions because the, the wife has a child. So mm. I'm thinking... Does that mean it's half alien? Oh. You know, are we going to go along that route? Which could be a bit sort of quite, quite mm. contendory. But actually, turns out that the the baby is Charles's before, I, I, I guess it must, have, it must have been something that happened on, on their last night together before she left him right. for this other guy. I can't remember if it's mentioned why they split up. I'm sure it mm. was, but I don't think I've made it down in my notes. But mm. anyway, so the baby isn't an alien. It's mm. actually Charles's. But if they'd done a season three, they would probably have done that, though, <laughs> at some yeah. point. Because it, as it goes in, the, 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 they sort of investigate, well, she has to. She admits that they never had... Relations. Mm. Yeah, they, they never had relations. Um, and, and, and she sort of says, well, he, he was very distant. Mm. Um, but there, there are more twists, including the father and mother of Fred Wilk, the alien. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that Fred Wilk Sr. turns up. Right. To give the dead Fred a backstory. Because they're trying to think, well, how can we prove that he wasn't just a man? I mean, mm. We don't have any body. We don't have a, a body. We have no... I mean, I did wonder, you know, it, would a furnace completely burn someone up that quickly? But, well, in in this in this case, that well, that's not what happened anyway. So, mm. well, as we know, because he was an invader. But there, his, his so this Fred, his mother's there too. Mm. But they... They speak because Vincent sort of leaves the court when they leave. When they leave, mm. and they know Vincent. They know of Vincent, and there's a really good scene where he's trying to get, you know, kind of almost drag them back into the court. Mm. Whereas, the, and they just pop, pop a couple of pills, mm. and then they basically commit suicide in front of him. Ah. But it, which, which in TV terms, mean they burn up in front mm. of him. But you know, they've given they've given their evidence to mm. the court and, and 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 given backing that oh my poor son's mm. dead and all that sort of thing. Mm. But uh, it's quite chilling because yeah. as soon as they hard stuff the court, for, for sort yeah, of, sort yeah. of yeah. early evening American. I mean, this when you think about it, plays on a lot of stuff in certainly in America in the sixties. I mean, it's quite McCarthyism, but ten years on, isn't it? Really, it's it is quite fascinating. What I, I love about the invaders, I, I like the opening sequence. I really do like the opening yeah. sequence, and uh, I think one of the joys of watching the show when it used to be on you know itv i think it used to get shown on itv over here was that 
thing where you'd get an episode where there was a, a flying saucer. <laughs> there always seemed to be the same flying saucer. It was kind of like overlaid on the on a glass shot or something, and there'd be that, yeah. that little ladder and stuff. But I, I did. I used to absolutely love the Invaders. It plays on a kind of paranoia, which I found incredibly appealing, but it also feels not very like a lot of other American mm. television at the time. Mm. That, that sense that, of I'm... being sort of, you know, on edge isn't very American. I think it's quite underappreciated, really. Mm. It's not, it's not deserves to be taken a bit more seriously, mm. particularly in that, in, you know, there's definitely inspirations in, in things like X-Files and mm. things like that. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, I know that um, the guy who played Kolchak appeared in, mm. in X-Files. I can't remember if, if Roy Thinnis ever played a character. Because um, they did, X-Files did tend to pay homage to... Mm people who've been in shows that, in, that inspired them but interestingly uh, enough Roy Thinnis was the DA in the pilot for Law and Order you know if you want to talk about courtroom dramas he, he who was replaced by Adam Schiff who played Schiff who then did it for 10 years but, but so yeah there are lots of connections Thinnis was an interesting actor Roy Thinnis was also in the remake of Dark Shadows that they did ah. in the early 90s he played that sort of like the head of the family. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, we never saw it over here because we didn't have the history of, of being Dark Shadows mm. viewers in, in the UK. But mm. uh, I, I always remember the Invaders being on BBC Two. Oh, right. Because okay. it was in, in, in the 80s. Mm. Um, and then by the time, I mean... Uh, yeah, the, B- the BBC were hoovering up all those old cult yeah. shows, weren't they, for that slot uh, in the evenings. Yes, you're right. I don't quite know how many times it was repeated, but mm. I, because for, for my purposes of my own podcast, mm. I've been uh, looking at my 1990 diary, mm. and um, I, I refer to... This was at the point it was being repeated again, mm. so I was already on the in the know mm. and now had my own video. Mm. And, I, and and around, around the same time, Land of the Giants and Invaders were being repeated mm. on different nights on different channels, mm. Channel 4 for Land of the Giants mm. and um, Invaders, BBC 2. Mm. And I literally, for a few, for at least a few months, I, you know, I had nicely labelled boxes, like plastic <laughs> boxes, and I, I would write down the, um, the, the, the ratings right. and in my diary i've got some of the ratings i mean you know we're talking you know two or three um like, and high, high three millions mm. for repeats of the invaders wow. in 1990 um certainly when it first started showing um, and the, also the beauty of it is that you because they're on different nights you could tape them very neatly in your tape collection i didn't always do that because mm. sometimes i just do a tape of the week ah. so i've got this on that and, and, and which is harder to you know sort of deal with when you mm. want to come back and watch a load of episodes or mm. something but anyway i should press on with well, the yes, end of this episode before, before we move on i, I just I, mm. I also wanted to make a point that that format is is very useful because that same format again got used for the incredible hulk didn't it about 10 mm. years later yes. so yeah so it is yeah. it is quite a flexible format the outsider coming to town i think that's a it yeah. is a great yeah. piece of thing and of course this is also the invaders is kind of like what would happen if you took one episode of The Twilight Zone and just made a series out mm-hmm. of it? Mm-hmm. Back at the court, mm-hmm. David Vincent has got a detective working for them called Brennan, who's trying to find you know more some sort of any proof they can, right. that this guy wasn't normal, but that he turns up dead. Right. Um, and but he, he turns up dead, but properly dead. Yeah, he turns up properly So he wasn't dead. an alien, right? <laughs> No, he no. He, the detective had found something. I think he had indicated to David he'd found something and was going to have to, that old thing of I'm, I'm, we need to meet. I've got some. Of course, by the time they they do meet, mm. the, the, 
the detective's dead. So he never, David never gets to mm. find out exactly what he knew. And Charlie's beginning to say, let's just get it over with, I'll plead guilty because mm-hmm. they're never going to believe it's an alien. Mm-hmm. But around the same time, David discovers that a character called Bernard, mm-hmm. who is the man who's meant to be representing Charlie, mm-hmm. uh, he, he is an actual, uh, he is, an, he is right. an alien. And David, because at different times in the episode, they're meeting up, mm-hmm. the, the you know, for and against and the judge, mm-hmm. and David's allowed to be there. And he gets this glass and he, he, sa- he starts to say, well, if you're an a- alien, don't bleed. And then he kind of goes over, just suddenly turns around and scratches the man. Wow. Bernard and he doesn't bleed. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't bleed, and then he tries to um, he, he try, tries to get away, but mm-hmm. ends up being shot and burns up with witnesses. Ah, but uh, and this is why, um, in the end, the, the program itself has to change because there are so yes, many people who've yeah. seen this kind of thing. I also noticed that Linda Day George is in there. I was about to say that. Mm-hmm. Yes, because um, she was in Mission Impossible. She was later uh, on, a yes, a couple mm-hmm. of years later, mm-hmm. and um, she. She's Linda Day, but later she mm. became Linda Day George. Mm. Which is another series, again, that had different formats every week. So Everything's yeah. connected, Lin- Paul. Linda Day George, is uh, when she worked with her husband later in the 70s, mm. and then a lot of sort of low-budget horror films mm. I absolutely adore. <laughs> so um, I, I, it was nice to see her. It's one of the earliest times I've seen her in anything. But, uh, Shall we move on to your second yeah. programme? Yeah, Wild Wild West. Wild now, Wild West. I, now, Wild Wild West I'm much less familiar with. It's a show that uh, I've not seen much. Yeah. However, I have seen the movie, which I know a lot of people aren't very fond of, the Will yeah, Smith movie. But this is this is the original uh, featuring Robert Conrad and Ross Martin, which ran yeah. for four years, from 65 to 69. Yeah, and I don't know when or if it was ever shown on in the UK. I presume mm. it was at some point perhaps in the 70s mm. but it was always one I was kind of intrigued by mm. and it wasn't that easy to come by but then a few years ago I did find I, mean, I don't know that this account is still available I mm. did find a lot of it if, well actually I found all of it say five ten years ago mm. on YouTube and I did start watching it mm. and then I thought well I think I saw it relatively cheap on Amazon mm. so I do I do have um, I do have the box. I haven't watched every episode. Is that region yet. two? Is that is that or is it, uh, I, or is it an I import? Can't remember. Oh, okay. I can't remember now. But it's definitely not as well known a series no. over here. Probably of the four series, it's the least mm. well known. A lot the of the show, references in the mo- in the movie were probably up over the heads of audiences here. You know, they had yeah. to do a lot of explaining. Yeah. But this is basically cowboy spies, isn't it? Or spies yeah, in with, the Wild West. Yeah, yeah, and with the sort of two characters jim west mm. and artemis gordon artemis gordon is sort of like his his sidekick but he's he's the d- disguised man right um and he appears in a disguise in this one but the episode i chose is called the night of the simian terror wow um and it's from e- season three right and it's episode 23 from 1967 so so i guess that means it's sort of early towards the end of the season yes that's right um and i i didn't think i'd seen this one and a lot of Wild Wild West is filmed on location because you just have to go out into the, into the desert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's why one, westerns became so popular on television generally, yeah. wasn't it? It's like, <laughs> go out the back door and there's your set. Yeah, but this one is a more studio-based. Mm. But th- there's a mystery of a senator's family and Jim West and Ar- Artemis Gordon have turned up. Mm. But even from the the word word go, it's sort of a stormy night. Mm. It's, it's sort of sort of dark and and animals are acting oddly mm. and, and there, there were there's a there, there were attacks and in the pre-title sequence we sort of 
see that there's a possibly a beast of some sort on the loose and um a beast is also mentioned by one of the victims right. just before he 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 dies mm. there there's also some mysterious strangers from the buckley family who are right. a local family who who warn Jim and Artemis not to investigate. Mm. There are threats from the Buckleys, there are fights. It's all set on a very windy Kansas night. Uh, One of the fights is interrupted by the arrival of a doctor who it later turns out has some sort of... Although he's a a local doctor, he's Mm. also known for experiments, or was, although he claims he hasn't done any right. um, experiments. For, <laughs> ah, you're the local chap who does the weird experiments. No, no, that's not me. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> I think we've all uh, had that on our street, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, apparently he was, he was very interested in apes and, ah. and doing, experiments, uh, doing experiments on them. Artemis goes in disguise and then goes to speak to the Doctor on a separate occasion and sort of claims that he was interested to hear more about mm. these the experiments that uh, he, he doesn't he claims not to be doing anymore, mm. but he's sort of given short shrift, really. Mm. But there's also a character called Demas, mm. who is played by Richard Teal. Ah, um, now he's a, he's a uh, semi-regular on the show, isn't he? Because uh, well, I mean, not in this role, but he plays the sidekick yes, of, of the I main he, returning yes, villain, doesn't he? I think he was in the first season, because mm. I think that character had yeah, like a sidekick mm. for the first two or three appearances, mm. but this was, but but then when he appears later, mm. he doesn't. I think mm. it's almost. If I remember rightly, I think I've forgotten. His, I've forgotten the name of mm. the recurring villain, but I think he recurs more in the early seasons, and then it's more like a bit like the Master did in Doctor Who, where mm. he was in it a lot, and then after that, he perhaps be in one or two stories mm. a season. But Richard Keel's character Demas, he gets um, oh. quite cross and, and, and sort of. Oh, well, I think Artemis... Lovel- um, I think Loveless was the, the main recurring villain. Yes, he? that's right, Loveless, yes. Mm. yeah. I think Ar- Artemis leaves, but then he comes back and is exploring right. the lab, trying to find out if he's got any clues about whether these experiments are still going mm-hmm. on. And Demas finds him and then gets very cross mm. and goes about smashing the lab. Right. So, so they get to smash the lab up a bit. I wonder whether this, you know, the ape storyline, because Planet of the Apes would have been 68 but it wouldn't have been out yet would it i was just wondering you know mm. what were apes suddenly a thing people were interested yeah, in you know yeah. Yeah. it is a very studio based mm. episode i'm saying all, all the outside mm. stuff definitely studio mm. so eventually of course they do encounter the beast mm. and it is a man in an ape suit it's quite a good it's quite a good ape suit mm. um it's well, of course, this is 2001 was about the same time as well, wasn't it? And that, <laughs> that has apes, ape suits as well. It must have been an ape suit year, basically. <laughs> it sort of turns out that Richard Keel is more behind mm. the, the ape business mm. because he wants to kill the Buckleys. Mm. And is it a proper role for Richard Keel? I mean, is it a, a speaking role, or does he do that silent, no, quiet thing? More again? silent, yeah. Right. Um, it turns out that the reason he has something against the Buckleys mm. is that he is one of their sons. Right. He, he, yeah, uh, I mean, because he's so different, mm. and and um, he's sort of been almost been cast up mm. away from the family. And um, I, I even managed to feel a bit sad because they. I almost felt like couldn't they have found a way of not killing the ape mm. because he gets it's not the ape's fault shot by, yeah. he got yeah you know, he gets shoot, shot by a lot of locals yeah. and, and even though it's just a man in an ape suit mm. i did end up being quite <laughs> almost like it was too it was quite was quite triggering for me <laughs> the innocent victims of these things yeah um have yeah. you seen a lot of wild wild west have you watched it all or 
No, I haven't watched it all, but I have watched kind of mm. qu- quite a few episodes um, since I've had the box set. But is it is um, it quite also, quite? I mean, is it a show you enjoy spending time in the company of the, the characters and things? yeah, yeah. I um, and some episodes, a bit like a lot of these series, is the further they go, the more they test the format mm. and go get weirder or well it's it's the thing isn't it sometimes you can watch three or four of them and you feel you've seen enough of them really but uh, but some yeah, show, I mean, shows bring you back and you think no I'll, I'll watch another one i'll watch another one yeah i don't think a lot of these things i wouldn't watch more one of the reasons mm. that perhaps it was good to do this is that i've seen a few but mm. i haven't seen mm. them all and and you don't really want to watch too many in a row how many episodes are available on on youtube of this particular series currently not as i mean yeah. unless i didn't find the channel there was a, co- a channel which was yeah. had everything at one stage um no i just wondered because you know you, did you pick this just because because it sounded an interesting title or was it yes right oh, yeah. Okay. yeah yeah I, I did i wanted some i wanted because i always liked the weirder episodes mm. and I, I kind of thought, well, that's a title that makes me want to see what's what's involved. Well, I think every show has a kind of, you know, you have these people who say, oh, these are the best episodes. But actually, sometimes just a random, mm. quote, run-of-the-mill episode from, from, like you say, the tail end of the third season is actually a pretty good barometer of what a show's about. Yeah, because you know? yeah, um, season three, I guess, we're sort of, it probably got even stranger in season four. But mm. um, I know, I think season four, where one of, one of the cast gets hurt doing mm. stunts and has to be replaced to, for some episodes. I think, well, this from what I was reading earlier, uh, Robert Conrad injured himself, mm. didn't he? And, and then, yeah, but also yeah. Ross Martin had a heart attack and had to be written out mm. for a while and replaced mm. by various other stand-ins. But, uh, but yeah, yeah it, it must have, again, it's this thing, isn't it? Weekly television, 20, 22, 24 of these a year. And if you're doing your own stunts and things, it's hard work, you know, really. Mm. I know it's not, I mean, other people say oh, it's not coal mining, but it's still hard work, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I I was quite happy with my mm. choice, and, mm. and and I was. I don't think I'd seen any of these episodes mm. before. Not none of these four shows. No. I'd seen lots of stuff, but I, I managed to pick ones that if I if I had seen them, it was mm. a long time ago, and I'd forgotten. Was well, it giving you a taste to go back and rewatch Wild Wild West? Yeah. Or yeah. pick up from where you left off, I suppose. But. Yeah, I don't. Think, I'm not sure I ever watched it in order. Mm. I, I get a bit sort of. Watching things in order. <laughs> well, uh, again, with older television, that's not you know because there the, there aren't yeah. these arcs generally, are there? I mean, there, there, yeah. there might be the odd thing that gets picked up in a later episode, or a villain might return. But generally speaking, the episodes are standalone. So, I think that's one of the joys of that kind of telly. Really, you can mm. just pick one and it'll be one you've not seen before i mean i do have that old theory that i've probably mentioned a few times on the show that if you're traveling and it's on an airplane you always end up seeing the same episode of something but yeah but generally speaking picking a random episode of a show it's an interesting thing to do i do it with mash occasionally i just sort of grab a a season of mash off the shelf and just Mm. and pick a random episode because Mm. otherwise you just think no i've got to start from the beginning again (laughs) Yeah, I remember the first time I ever saw an episode of Friends. Mm. It was one with Ross and a monkey from like mm. early the first season. Talking of monkeys. The next time I saw, <laughs> the next time I saw an episode, it was the same one again. So you're, <laughs> you're right. You never, you never think that does happen, but it does happen. It, it does. <laughs> but um, is there anything else you wanted to say about Wild Wild West before we no, move I on think, to your third uh, choice? Yeah, I think we're done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my next choice was Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Owen oh, Allen. Well, yeah, I wanted to not. I wanted to. So we had Finn Martin. I'm not quite sure who 
Wild Wild West is responsible for Wild Wild West, but it's not Quinn Martin, it's not Owen Allen. Wild Wild West was created by Michael Garrison, so it was actually Michael Uh, Garrison Productions, or or CBS Productions, depending on on who was credited that week, really. But yeah, yeah. anyway, sorry. And I wanted to be sure to only choose one Owen Allen. Mm. I looked for Lost in Space and only found clips. Right. And so I thought, well, Boyish Rock and the Sea is sort of Monster of the Week, mm. or becomes Monster of the Week. Maybe that would be fun. Mm. And actually, I don't know, I wouldn't swear on it, but I think there seems to be a very good amount of episodes of Voyage available mm. on YouTube oh, right. at the moment. I'm a big fan of Voyage uh, to the Bottom of the Sea. My sister was a big fan when I was growing up, so it kind of, she watched it because she liked David Hedison, I think to be honest, being sort of a hormonal teenager at the time. But uh, I, I sort of got... My love for submarine movies, I think, generally comes from basically growing up watching Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, because I just thought... I know it was a great series when I was growing up. I, I loved it. And I know it's sometimes a bit silly, and there's always that bit where the submarine has to roll to the left and roll to the right and you have to <laughs> yeah. run across the set. But, uh, I, yeah, Richard Basehart, David Hedison, Robert Dowdell. What? I, it's a very blokey show. I'll grant you that. There's a lot of men yeah. in it. There's not many women to yeah. be seen but i think voice of the bottom of the sea is, is a cracking little show certainly at the beginning it tends mm. to go a bit probably the one you episode you picked is from the when it goes a bit crazier i imagine well um yes and no right. i think season three and four are known for mm. doing that i probably picked i picked a season two episode ah, okay but it's probably one of for the time probably one of the crazier episodes mm. paving the way for what came because mm. I, I chose Terror on Dinosaur Island. Terror on Dinosaur, on Dinosaur Island. Island. Now that again um, sounds like exactly your kind of <laughs> your kind of yeah. game. I've done cheap dinosaurs in my own productions. Is this um, the one that uses the footage from a previous Irwin Allen production, Lost World? I wouldn't be surprised. Right. I wasn't totally sure. I wondered myself because they didn't look too bad, mm. although. There was a few um, lizards. With mm. Oh, the lizards. Attached. <laughs> um, like if lizards in doubt, different... yeah. The, yeah. The old Flash um, Gordon trick, yes. Hard to be sure whether they were those really big kimono ones mm. or what they were. But but then there were some which were definitely mm. more dinosaur shaped, but they were definitely... Um, well, Owen Allen was famous for recycling. I mean, Boys to the Bottom of the Sea yeah. itself was recycling yeah. sets from a film he made. So, yeah. uh, but, uh, And of course, at least now at this stage, I know you tend to prefer things in colour and and yes. season two was full colour uh, on, yes. on voyage and of course by this stage the wonderful flying sub has appeared yes. hasn't it yeah yeah so this is the, the voice the bottom of the sea we remember from being kids because you mm. know the, the flying sub was a big part of our the manta ray shaped one that came out of the front of the submarine to sea view was just a massively exciting thing when again you were about eight or nine years old i don't think i saw voyage until the 90s because right. i think well, I'd seen Time Tunnel on... Time Tunnel ended up on like our late-night TV, mm. so I'd seen some Time Tunnel. Lost in Space, I think, was the first one that Channel 4 started showing. Mm. Then I think it was Land of the Giants. Mm. And then they went back to Voyage, and I think by the time Voyage was on, I was almost at university and not able to keep an eye on it. Right. And, um, but I do own all four mm. box sets. I think I own all of Owen Allen's four big mm. series. Um, yeah. The first 
series though it's, it's black and white isn't it? and it's a very much a yeah. hard spy series mostly yeah. i mean it does have the occasional batty episode but but yeah. it's a, it's a very straight laced very sensible spy series it's a bit like uh, the first series of the man from uncle does the same kind of thing black and white for a year and and it feels gritty and it feels quite serious and then I, full color comes in and i presume star um, trek and batman have been around and on other and people are going right people want camp and daft and silly and and voice the bottom of the sea goes right let's go for it although this is quite a dark episode as, you, right. as i'll come to mm. to explain but um, I, the other confusion was when I, I i sort of saw the title but i wanted mm. to make sure i got it right because i was like am i looking at the right thing mm. because it also came up with turns out there's a episode of a naughty's batman cartoon series with right. the same title wow. and i was thinking am i right here and i was, I was like, oh, okay so there's two shows mm. So this is season two, episode 14, so about halfway through mm. 1967, uh, as you say, in colour. Mm. The pre-title sequence has a crash in a crater that Nelson and the chief, mm. Chief Sharky, crash in the mini Right. I, I presume this is the first time that Nelson asks Sharky what his first name is. And right. And that it's Francis. Wow. So that's... Oh, that's, so it's a key episode in the, in the story then. Because actually, but, the one thing about The Voice at the Bottom of the Sea is you, you find out very little about your leads, yeah. really. Yeah. Meanwhile, back on the sea view, mm. they're aware they've lost contact with the flying sub. Mm. There's a shockwave from the island because right. it's volcanic. And lots of, as you say, acting mm. left and right. On the island, Nelson finds himself alone without his radio working. Mm. Sharky's missing, although he's found unconscious, mm. but he's done his leg in. Mm. Now, the island is a studio set, mm. but it's pretty good. Mm. It's pretty good. Later on, when they have earthquakes, there are trees falling down. Mm. And there's also quite a lot of smoke mm. at times that's supposed to be coming from the, the lava and things. Yeah. Either that was sea mist. I'm not quite sure what it's supposed mm -hmm. to be. But uh, it does sort of, you know, it, it's not bad. But... Back on the sea view, they notice something big is moving on the sonar, and it's right. a dinosaur, and it's swimming. Wow. Um, so they, they try and close the shutters. The sub is damaged and starts leaking. They have to sort of, uh, earlier in the plot, a character called Grady has swapped places with a character called Benson on, on a shift and moved to a different part of the sub. They swapped the sub. I, I'm not quite sure mm. why, but whether one's more boring than the other or, mm. or is easier work. Mm. But in the end... They have to close part of the, the sub, and the character Grady, who's not, I don't know if he's a character you've ever seen before, mm. but he's drowned. Oh, right. And it's on the orders of Captain Crane, Ooh. because the, the, you know, they're trying to get everybody out, but Grady's taking too long. And that's, that's proper, and, that is proper submarine yeah, yeah. film territory, that. It's a, it's a yeah, kind of yeah. trope, isn't it, of that kind of movie? Wow. And and um, gonna have to get this one yeah, off the so, disc again. <laughs> yeah, so so he had, so he he's drowned. Mm. And back on the island, and uh, a flag is erected in the hope that it'll be seen mm. by any rescue teams. Yeah, Sharky, as I say, he's able to hop around. Mm. And um, Nelson's giving him a, a makeshift splint and things. Oh, yeah. But they, they sort of resolve that this island has yeah. sort of emerged from the sea. Um, but it wasn't here, you know, so they, it may be hard for the ship to track them because mm. they won't be on necessarily on the map. Mm. But no sooner have they finished speaking when this dinosaur comes through the trees. Right. But it, it's one of the, the lizardy ones with, yeah. where it's an actual lizard, whereas the the, um, the dinosaur that they saw mm. under the sea was definitely more of a special effect. Mm. And, but um, the effects on, on Voyage are always pretty good, aren't they? I mean, you know, mm. I, I always think the submarine models were superb. Mm. Again, they, they built them, I think, at least 12 feet long. 
just so that you know that in water they looked you know relatively large and i don't, I don't think there's anything unconvincing about the submarine in uh, voice upon the sea it's a, it's a great uh, pride the only problem i find with it is occasionally uh, because they've got lots of bits of stock shots they occasionally swap but the number of windows changes between shots sometimes uh, which, is, yeah. which is always fun um, now nelson distracts the dinosaur mm. with a gun but he gets his foot stuck mm. and sharky's trying to help but then another dinosaur turns up mm. and and this one looks like a, a baby crocodile mm. or something with something stuck on it <laughs> i was a little bit sort of the fight looked kind of i was worried that these creatures like were going to really hurt themselves mm. or i was thinking are they friends in real life or are they what you know have they been told have a little fight mm. uh, but um yeah, I mean, but you're not brutal enough for the audience that the voyage in these series was really looking at, Paul. You've got, you've got a sensitivity <laughs> that probably didn't well, quite yeah. fit in with the children I, who were watching at the time. They just wanted a big old I, creature, right? You know. I'm not afraid of those real creatures, though. I, I mm. don't, don't mind if they were just being pretend creatures, but knowing that they mm. were real creatures with bits stuck mm. on them, I was worried for them. But um, meanwhile, the submarine lands, they found the island, mm. but there's a tension amongst the search party who just happened to be Captain Crane, right. two of the other sort of semi-regular or pretty regular mm. sort of c- characters. Yeah, yeah. Who, Kowalski. Who it's always yes, Kowalski. Yes, Kowalski was, uh, and... and uh, Chip, but Chip and wasn't Chip. there. Chip was, Chip was back on the ship, but then I recognised both the two that... I the liked two Chip. Came. Yeah. In many ways, Chip was my favourite character. He had that sort of sense of... He wasn't quite taking it quite so seriously as everybody yeah. else. I don't know. Yeah, but it becomes apparent that Benson, mm. who's the who, who was the guy who swapped with Grady, right? Uh, he who is the he's the fourth member of the party. It, it's come it comes to the attention of the viewers that he, if any chance he can get, he wants to be alone with Captain Crane, right? Because he blames him for Grady dying and he wants to kill him. Ah, oh, um, a subplot. And, wow, yeah, that's actually, this is actually quite deep for a voyage episode. Yes, yes, yeah, I thought they can hear dinosaur noises mm. in the background. The island starts to shake again, more mm. earthquakes, trees falling, and um, yeah, Ensign Benson tries to kill mm. Skipper on more than one occasion. Mm. And, and yeah, he, he blames him for the death of Grady. Mm. There's one dinosaur that appears, mm. and and uh, Nelson goes, "It's a Stegosaurus," ah. and I'm thinking, no, it, "It's that blooming lizard again." <laughs> yeah, that's not a Stegosaurus. Lizard with a fin though. glued to its back. <laughs> he needs to get he needs to get his ice fiber for dinosaurs out, but um, it's a lizard with horns attached. No animals were harmed in the making of this program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they they consider because. They don't even know the sub has arrived mm. yet, but so I think you're making a fire. But uh, and and even if you know the island has raised from the sea, even if the leaves are wet, they should still make smoke. Oh, there's a funny scene where they're trying looking for something to start the fire with that isn't wet, mm. and they end up burning uh, Sharky's little black book. Right. And there's one scene where Nelson's like tearing goes. Oh, I think I know her. Or something very <laughs> similar. That, that made me chuckle. I guess the actors uh, were always looking for little bits of humour because it was a very humorous yeah. show, mm. wasn't it? Really? Yes, it was. Yeah. I'm also amazed, really, of how full the South Seas were of dinosaur islands because they seem to crop up a lot in fiction, don't they? Yeah. Um, meanwhile... Benson kind of loses it mm. and threatens Captain Crane and the other two try and sort of convince one of Kowalski I think sort of says that um, I'm willing to testify that you know if you if you kill Crane I'm willing to testify that, that you yourself just uh, you're doing it to um, self to defense yourself. Yeah. 
but the other guy sort of says, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I won't. And, but it causes a distraction. Mm. And then is able to overpower him, but then he ah. escapes. And in the sort of, as, as the island sort of starts to fall apart, mm. he, um, he's lost and killed. Oh, no. Um, uh, it, it, like well, a lot's going on. So whether he gets crushed by a rock, oh, you, you don't see it. Oh, you don't get the moment where David Hedison gets to save his life and and oh, everything's no, reset. No, no. He gets so he, he gets properly watched. to fall in the yeah, gloop, yeah. does he? Yeah. So there's two two members of the the crew mm. died this episode. Mm. Um, well, at least on this show they can go and get some more crew. I mean, out yes. out in deep deep space or or on a marauding moon, you're a bit stuck for yeah. where you find people. Really. But they they managed to reunite the rescue team mm. with with. Nelson and um, Sharky and then they leave and then there's a little the island kind of vanishes back underwater mm. and then there's sort of mentioned that one of the people maybe Korsky maybe the mm. other guy have brought back a little souvenir mm. and Sharky shows a dinosaur egg has been uh. brought home and I don't know whether there ever was a sequel but <laughs> no, it would be very not. much like mm. there could well have been yeah. well um, I mean it, Jurassic Park really wasn't it <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've, only today in the news we've discovered that the stuff in Jurassic Park about crocodiles being able to be both sexes has happened to happen. So mm. you know, it, 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 it's it, yeah. There's a, there's a there's a whole other spin-off of Voyage. If they ever remake Voyage, you've got to pitch that episode, really. Yes. Yeah. Um, now I was looking for a fourth show. I was thinking, well, I've done three sixty shows mm. and I've got ideas, but they're all seventy shows. Mm. I need to find another 60 show. Mm. I don't want to do something like Star Trek. No. It's too obvious. Mm. And I, I... And you've done three very serious... Well, not serious, but quite light... Well, yeah. I don't... What, I, so, I, Invaders is serious. Wild Wild West yeah, was quite light-hearted on the whole, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. and Voyage sort of is somewhere between the two. So you needed an all-out comedy, I think. Yeah, so I... I, could, I Again, I don't know Mount Uncle really well enough to sort of... Mm. Uh, these shows, I, always have, I will have some sort of collection. Yes. With, and I've always loved Bewitched. But I wanted... I didn't want to do just... A one episode mm. I wanted to do the 50 minutes length so I typed into YouTube the mm. witch two part mm. and the one that came up was called Cousin Serena Strikes Again oh right um, and it was from season 5 right um, which is January 1969 ah. episodes 15 and 16 now is um, it still the original Darren it's still Dick York yeah right I, um, I kind of I couldn't quite remember whether the two Darrens had done four seasons each mm. but no um this will be the season where he started to be ill mm. and was eventually replaced mm. by Dick Sarge, uh, Sergeant. By Dick Sergeant. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I always love the character of Serena. Mm. Now, Serena is like the hip, trendy cousin of um, Samantha. Right. Also played by Elizabeth ah. Montgomery. And I just loved seeing her playing kind of, hey, cool chick, and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and, and she'd have a black, she had a black wig rather than the blonde hair. Right. Um, now, I know I you're just, a big I fan just, of Bewitched, aren't you? You've watched, a, you've mm. talked about it a lot over the years. I mean, not with me, but you have in other places. Mm. And, and there are a lot of episodes of Bewitched, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, like you say, five years in, this is really hitting its groove, but this was a, a phenomenally popular series I mean, it ran for what eight years didn't it yeah i think this is possibly the last last season that was still like top top well just just outside the top 10 mm. i think i, I believe it, it perhaps started to go downhill in the ratings mm. after season five but mm. whether people didn't like the, the, the new darren or whatever, whatever the swapping whatever. of the darrens yes. mm. i was going to say the swapping but, of the dicks but i'm not going to say that <laughs> So the idea of this, um, so in the in the first part, mm. Sam and Darren, well, Darren's always having to have business meetings. Yes. But uh, Serena arrives on a motorcycle in the mm. living room at 3 a.m. in the morning. Right. And 
she when she because Darren's always very sort of mm. he has he hasn't got much patience with mm. Sam's relatives, and uh, she threatens and Serena threatens to come to this dinner she mm. hears about, and and and, kind of, and Sam's trying to appeal to her, oh, please mm. don't, but she's like non-committal and she drives off on her mo- motorbike again. Mm. Um, so they, then cut to the the night of the party mm. and this flirty Italian vamp um, called. Um, Cleo, who is, I think she's head of a sort of, like, particular wine, um, and, and I don't know whether there's more to the, mm. to the, the account than that, but mm. she is, um, she is very flirty with mm. Darren, and, um, but when he's mixing her a drink, mm. she just says, oh, stir it with your little finger. Mm. And, and Sam's being very patient. Mm. Um, Serena arrives. The, the special effects were pretty good. I was trying mm. to work out how they did it, because they're both in shot. Right. Um, but it's like a kitchen set, so right. I wondered if the kitchen set was was not actually there. And oh right! It was all sort of, um, I, it was hard to tell because mm. there was you were lo- you were looking like through one of those serving hatches, mm. and you could see them both. Mm. And I was just trying to work out where the join was, or how mm. they would have done it, or whether what what of it was real or what. But it, it, I thought it was pretty well done because considering it was 1969. I imagine they're, they're quite well practised by then, aren't they? You know, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, f- five seasons in, it's a well-oiled machine, the production yeah. crew by then. Yeah. Now, now um, Serena's sort of aware that there's, there's this... this um, Sam sort of mentioned mm. this guest, there's Cleo, is is a bit troublesome. Um, Darren's boss, Larry Tate, and his wife, Louise, are there. Mm. And, and Larry Tate kind of doesn't really... He never really minds what Darren does. Mm. You know, but you're going to get the contract, mm. and he's kind of almost inferring, oh, you know, she's only she's harmless. Just mm. uh, do, you need, to, you you might find you haven't got a job mm. tomorrow if you don't. Mm. Um, uh, the, the the terrors of American life in the suburbs. Yeah. You know, it's it's that thing, isn't it? There's so many sitcoms, even the Dick Van Dyke Show and everything like that. It was always about the fear of the boss. I mean, in some ways, you, we even got some of this in things like Terry and June later on, didn't we? Mm. It was it was the boss coming to dinner and yeah. basically having the power of your life and death over you all really yeah, it's quite yeah. a terrifying idea well serena starts to play tricks uh when, when and there's a bit of banter between mm. cleo and sam mm. um but serena speaks in sam's voice adding mm. little sort of barbed comments back mm. at cleo uh, um, so like cleo will look away and then sam will kind of go mm. make some sort of comment about her being fat or, mm. or being or maybe you need to watch your weight mm. or uh, and, and 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 everyone's hearing but they're not hearing that it's not sam actually speaking mm. um it's serena and mm. using sam's voice mm. so causing more trouble as usual mm. um meanwhile cleo take takes down into the garden mm. um, and wants him to come to Rome with her. Mm. Um, and he tries to speak to Larry. Larry's mm. like, do whatever is necessary. Um, Serena decides to take revenge mm. and freeze, sort of freezes Cleo mm. um, in the garden mm. uh, while she's sort of... And then um, no one can find Cleo. Mm. And wonder, they wonder what's, what's happened. Mm. And then they discover that Serena has turned... Well, at least Sam... Um, discovers because um, Serena tells her that um, she's turned Cleo into an ape. Aha! So we've got another. We've got wow. another. So this is really our, our ape-themed program now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are um, ape-themed episodes of all the, the other series as well. So you know, it, it, yeah. it could have gone the the full monkey. So they they have they, they have to sort of tell Larry, oh. Um, Cleo had a headache, mm. she had to leave. Oh, but uh, this monkey just turned up. We'll mm. have to sort this out. Um, the the funny thing is the monkey runs upstairs mm. and, and gets in bed and is lounging like a Italian vamp 
would if they were a monkey. Mm. Um, uh, the monkey is very. Is this a real monkey in this one? This is a real monkey. Wow. Um, although, because the vamp character is blonde, mm. they've tried to dye the monkey's fur blonde, I think. Right. And it's not really... They keep referring to blonde monkeys, and really it just looks like a, a brown monkey who's... They've tried to dye its right. fur and... Got a melon streak or uh, something. And, and it, it doesn't really look blonde at all. Mm. It looks like... It looks grey. I thought it was grey to start with. But, um, <laughs> but I don't these, know, these are colour episodes, though, aren't they? These are, these are yeah, colourists. These aren't... Yeah, and they're not color, and they're not colorized. Which I know that they did go and colorize the black and white mm. seasons. I mm. think there might have been two seasons mm. of black and white. So anyway, Sam has to break it to Darren mm. that this is actually Cleo, mm. um, and um, Darren's very cross with Serena, but mm. she kind of leaves in a huff um, and doesn't turn Cleo mm. back. And so uh, Sam sort of. Darren, because Darren had been saying, "Well, the monkey can stay stay in the bed, or he can stay up," um, before he no- realizes who, mm. who it is. And Sam's like, "No, no, uh, no! I'm not having that mm. that monkey in my bed." Um, and then has to tell. Mm. Yes, it, it, there is yeah. a long tradition uh, of having monkeys uh, in sitcoms, isn't there? And in mm. films as well. It's partnered up with a famous comedian or other. But uh, yeah. is there, it's definitely something that every, every it's like every show eventually has to get round to the monkey episode at some times, it, it, it feels like that. Sam even has to, to speak um, in Italian mm. monkey. Now, Isn't there one in I Love Lucy as well? And I think there's uh, one in Sergeant yeah, Bilko. Probably, yeah, so yeah, it, it is something that happened more than you would expect, shall we say. Yeah. I'll, I'll move on swiftly to part two because mm. I know we're, we're mm. being run out of time. But the flashback mm. to part one is done like Darren's having a nightmare and oh, then right. wakes up and, and Sam's like, no, that wasn't a nightmare. That's what happened last night. Mm. Um, then you see a scene where the chimp is eating spaghetti mm. for breakfast because, of course, it's an Italian mm. chimp. It must eat spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren's worried that she'll remember when she's turned back eventually. Mm-hmm. Larry shows up. Darren still infers that he took clear a home. Mm. Larry wonders what happened. Um, the monkey keeps trying to kiss Darren's hand and, and is totally in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Serena comes back, but the monkey escapes. So then they have to hunt for Cleo. Right. Um, so Sam and Darren are looking around neighbours' sort of gardens mm. and Darren nearly... It's even a bit of a... This reminded me of a sort of 70s sitcom. <laughs> um, he, he, he sort of comes up from behind a hedge and there's a woman putting her bra on. Ah, it's, right. Not quite, it's not quite as, um, uh, as salacious as that, but she's getting dressed anyway. Mm. And she's in her underwear. High jokes um, and, and ensue. Yes. Yeah, he, she screams. Mm. Um, eventually, they think that they found where the, the a little boy says, oh, well, we, took, we took the chimp back to my house. Mm. And then so Sam goes to the house. Mm. The woman says... Oh yes, she caused lots of lots of trouble. Mm. But I sold her to a pet shop. Right. Um, so Sam goes to a pet shop. This all happens very quickly, the, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it does when we're running out of time. Um, well, I mean, it's only twenty. Yeah, I mean, quite no, a lot just, has happened just in twenty mean, minutes. It's not over a period of time. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I've already managed to, to ring. Yeah, it's wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we'll be around in three days, mate. It's that's what would yeah, really happen. Yeah, yeah. The pet shop. Time she gets to the pet shop. Mm. The pet shop owner has already sold mm. the, the monkey again. Um, and there's a, a scene where the pet shop owner overhears Sam talking to Darren about, "Yes, yes, I'll get Cleo to the meeting. It'll be fine." And 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 the um, pet shop owner's thinking, "Why is a monkey going to a meeting?" And, <laughs> and, and there's misunderstandings, and the, the pet shop owner's kind of looking very confused. 
it turns out that it's been sold to an Italian organ grinder. Oh, right. Um, and the monkey's all dressed up and is very happy because he's met another Italian. Mm. But a policeman turns up, tries to arrest the Italian organ grinder, because he's obviously had previous with him. But the organ grinder has a permit to be doing it, but unfortunately the new monkey doesn't have a permit. So chaos ensues, the chimp escapes again, <laughs> Sam uses her witchcraft to jump ahead of the organ grinder and the police, and then hurries into uh, Darren's office with the police and the organ grinder and various people following, and meanwhile Darren's with Larry and yeah. almost moments from confessing what happened last night, when Cleo walks in yeah. and claims she overslept, and... You know, I I don't know where I I never saw Serena, but mm. anyway, Sam seems to have managed to turn her back, mm. or somebody had maybe mm. Serena did turn her back, but anyway, there's the sort of resolution mm. where Sam says, of course, we we worked out the new slogan, mm. and uh, and it involves the the org- but there's kind of backwards and forwards mm. where, where Darren Darren doesn't know what the slogan mm. is, and Sam you know so it's like oh why don't you tell her because nobody's actually got a new slogan, yeah, but in in the end Sam comes up with something, mm. it involves the organ grinder. And um, Cleo loves the idea, and all, all is fine, except for the last scene is Serena and Tabitha, and Serena's making characters from nursery rhymes to come to life, <laughs> um, which I think I think that happened quite a lot later on. Mm. With, with I remember later episodes mm. where there being nursery rhyme characters. Mm. Um, she makes a hen appear, then she makes Jack be nimble, mm. and there's this little poor little guy jumping over this big candle, mm. and and. <laughs> Darren comes back, comes mm. in, is very cross mm. with Serena, says, don't ever visit again. Mm. And Serena turns Darren's nose very big and then vanishes. Mm. So the episode ends mm. with Darren still left with this big nose. <laughs> Zoom isn't there next week, but who knows? Maybe. Yes, maybe. these things are resolved yes, off screen. Um, yeah. So there's quite a lot packed mm. into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think this interesting really because it, it is basically all the all the farce, isn't it? It's a farce. Yeah. But it's a yeah. wonderful. I mean, it was a weekly farce. I mean, it was a joy, uh, bewitched. Mm. Really. I know it can. You know, it, it's mainstream American pop culture and all that kind of thing. But it is a joy. By far the most successful of the witch-based. Uh, sitcoms yeah. really I mean Adam's Family and Monsters both did two seasons but like I say Samantha which was kind of a little bit more domestic a little bit more ordinary mm. was the one that seemed to actually resonate with the public so of these four shows are, I mean presumably you're going to revisit all of them oh yes at some point yeah mm-hmm. um, but if I do this again for you I shall try and focus on the 70s next time okay yeah. right well thank um, you very much for going through those for me today do you have a favourite or, or you can't you can't I enjoyed them all yeah. and, I, and, and I was kind of surprised yeah they're all yeah good random choices enjoy, enjoy them all are you going to go back and watch any of them again soon or are you going to move on to something else or do you always have a fix of Bewitched every couple of weeks or so? No, not as often as that by any means. Mm. And I kind of wanted to watch Invaders, mm. and I think I think I was going to reach for the box set, and I mm. couldn't find it that quickly. That's mm. what what gave me the idea mm. of hey, maybe I can find something on YouTube. But, uh, Fabulous. Yeah. Well, it's been lovely talking to you again, Paul. As ever, it's 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 been a joy, but we have run out of time. So yep. thank you very much for your time today, Paul. And uh, I'll look forward to going through some 70s choices with you fairly soon. You take care. Yeah, thanks very much. Bye-bye for now. Thanks to Paul Chandler, the shy yeti himself, for all of his efforts in preparing for our show today. And don't forget to seek out his prolific efforts on the Shy Life podcast if you can.
So that's the final quarter of this particular edition of Vision on Sound all magically finished. I just need to take one final moment to thank everyone at Fab Radio International for keeping us afloat, and naturally my thanks go out to each and every one of you for listening. As ever, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care. <laughs>